Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Let me just tell you something. We're going to get right into this. The devil did not want you showing up tonight. The word of God says that the, 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 the kingdom of heaven does not consist in just words, but in power. And when you are under the word of God, and when the Holy Spirit shows up, chains begin to break off. I'm believing here tonight that as we speak for us this word, chains are going to break off. And things that you, you are dealing with your entire life, it's going to break off. Things that you didn't even know were possible, things that you didn't even know you were dealing with, it's going to break off. See, the word of God says that you're a new creature, right? And so that's true about you. And let me just tell you something. We're, uh, we're going we're to we're get back into the, the connection, and I'll tell you where this comes into the, the culture shock that the series is about. But let me just tell you something. This is so important to understand. The, um, Hosea 4.6 says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. What you don't know about the word of God can cost you big time. Let me, let, and let me just say this. Okay, I love real estate, okay? I love it. I love, I, love, I love it so much. I can talk about it all day. You ever want to come buy a house, let me know. I'll tell you all, all about it. The first time, I, the first house I bought, okay, I had to go in and I, I knew that there was this tax credit that I could get. I just had to sense that there was this tax credit I could get. So I start digging in and I start, you know, it takes me a couple of days and I find this very little known like tax Law that allowed saved me that told me it would save me thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, right? So I take it to my mortgage broker and I explain it to them, and they say, "I don't think that's right." I said, "No, it's right. Go find it." So they went and found it, and sure enough, it was true, and it began to save me thousands of dollars. That was a law, right? It's a tax law, but if I didn't know about it. I wasn't going to get it. See, a lot of you, you have to, when you come to the word of God, you've got to press it. You've got to get into it because the things that you don't know about God can cost you big time. So tonight, we're going to teach you about the blood. The blood is, one, is the most important first step you will make in your walk with God. One of the key scriptures that Pastor Matt shared this morning was Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is nothing more shocking to this culture than the word of God. And when you're in the word, and when you're getting your mind renewed, the culture will be shocked. The culture changes when you change. And you change through the word. Let me just tell you, there's a specific process that God will take you through to transform you. And it is via, it is done on the ground of the blood. Is everybody with me so far? Okay. Now, in order to go on this journey, right, in order to get there, we've got to accept two things that the Bible says about us. One, that we are fundamentally sinners. And two... That we sin because we are sinners. Romans 3.23, what does it say? It says, for all have sinned, right? You sin because you are a sinner. You have to accept those two things that the Bible proclaims about us. So turn with me to Romans 5, verses 8 through 9. 
And let me just go back and say this. that there, there, there are two things. So sin and sinners. So sin is a fundamental problem, right? Sins are actions, okay? God has to deal with both of them. And he deals with both of them. First, he deals with sin as a, as a principle. He deals with it with the cross. And let me just tell you something. We're not going, that, that is just, I mean, we could spend all night talking about what that means and how that applies to you. Go read Romans 6. Write that down. Go read Romans 6 because that's how Jesus deals with your fundamental problem as a sinner. Now, he specifically deals with your sins as actions with his blood. Right? So go Romans Eight or five, eight through nine. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You understand? So we are sinners. So for all you English majors out there, what's the difference between sin? You're an English major, aren't you? <laughs> I know him when I see him. Okay. What's, the di- what's the difference between sin and sins? Plural and singular, right? One, one, one is, a, is an idea, it's a principle, the other is an action. So, let's go here. Verse 9. Much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. What does justified mean? Just as if I had never sinned. You see, there is this position you have before God through his blood. And remember, I'm going to say this three or four or five times. If you don't know, and this is, this is why it's so important, if you don't know this, it can't work for you. Okay? You need to know this so that it can work for you. And I believe that as you get this revelation, it's going to change your walk with God forever. Okay? So the word justified, just as if I had never sinned, right? That's the position that you have. Uh, at a later point in Romans, it says, sin reigned in death. The word reigned is talking about a king, right? It's talking about a kingly reigning. So sin was able to have legal access into your life. Okay, so go back. I'll just explain to you what that means. You go back to the garden, Adam and Eve, right? All right. We were all there. We were all with them when they sinned. And let me prove it to you. How many of you believe that if your grandma or your grandpa died at age one or two that you would still be here? Right? Do you see the oneness of human life? We were there, right? We made that mistake. And now, fast forward here, death is able to reign because of the legal access that sin has in your life, right? There's a legal access to it. But you know what the next part of that scripture in Romans says? It says, much more than will grace reign, (coughs) excuse me, through righteousness. Do you know what righteousness is? Right standing with God. You have Legal, God has legal access into your life because of his blood. You are right standing with him because of his blood, and now grace can reign in your life and change you. Understand, if you don't know it, it can't work on your behalf, right? Okay. So you ready? Okay. All right, so there are three specific areas of function, all right, that the blood does, all right? They first, and I'm going to give them to you, and I'm going to repeat them and repeat them and repeat them so you guys get this, okay? First and foremost, the blood is for God. Second, it's for man. And third, it's for Satan. Okay, so, so, let's, so let's go back. I need to explain this real quick. Leviticus 16, we're not going to go there, but if, if you ever get a chance, 
you can um, read all about in Leviticus 16. It's the, uh, the Day of Atonement. So if you go all the way back, rewind history, okay, previous, pre-Jesus, pre-the cross, right, in order to get right with God, the only people that, that were able to even be right with God was the Jewish nation. And there was no such thing as Egyptians or, Israel, you know, it was Jews and Gentiles. If you weren't a Jew, you were a Gentile. And if you were Gentile, you could not get right with God. And that's just the way it was. And so the Jews, okay, they had, in order to get right with God, they had to go through a lot of rituals. If you go read Leviticus 16, you can hear all about it. But let me just give you a quick overview. There was an outer court. There was an inner court. There was a holy place. And there was the holiest of holies. The holiest of holies is where God's presence dwelled. That's where he lived. Separating the holy place from the holiest of holies was a veil. The veil, the Bible doesn't specifically tell us, but a lot of historians believe the veil was about as thick as my hand. And it covered about this entire width of the stage. And I, that's important, and I'll get back to why. It was a big veil, okay? And so the only person that could get into the holiest of holies was the high priest, right? And the high priest would have to go in there after he was sprinkled with blood. He would have to go into the blood of bulls and goats and rams. He would have to go in there, and he would have to then offer, uh, offer sacrifices to God. And he, so understand, there was the people of God, the Jews, the high priest, the high priest was mediating. He was the guy that had to go back and forth between the presence of God and the people, right? Now, fast forward all the way to the New Testament, and you know what the Bible says? It says that Jesus has become our high priest. He is the referee. He is the one that is mediating between God and men, and it is because of him that we can have access to his presence. Now, let's go back to the very first thing it's for. It's for God, and this is really, really important. Go to Exodus 12, verse 13. You ready? Say, I'm ready. Exodus 12, 13. The blood... Okay, so hold on, hold on. Somebody say hit the pause button. Pause, pause button. Okay, so where are we at right now in Exodus, right? We're, God is in the midst of judging Egypt. All right, how many of you are familiar with the Passover story? I'll give you the two-second version, right? Okay, all right. So, the, you know, God's in the midst of judging Egypt because it's, he's not, uh, uh, the Pharaoh is not letting his people go. Moses is there, he's going back, and God's putting plague after plague after plague on the nation of Egypt. And, you know, God comes to the very last plague, and he says, Moses, go back, and I'm going to kill every firstborn of every family in Egypt. That's important, okay? So now, Exodus 12, 13, here we are. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you, and when you when I strike the land of Egypt. Understand this, okay? But in the first Passover, a pure spotless lamb had to be killed. They took the blood, and they applied it. Everybody say applied it. They applied it on the doorpost, okay? And he said... When I see the blood, I will pass over. The blood is first and foremost for God. And when you apply the blood, okay, how do we apply the blood today? This is really practical. Don't overcomplicate God's word, okay? Here we go. How do we apply the blood? So you believe that the blood is for God. So when, and hold on, what was this for? This was for sins. So when we apply the blood, we say, Lord, I apply the blood. God sees the blood, it's for him. And this is really important, really, really important to understand. When you apply the blood, you will not, nine times out of ten, 
feel its effectiveness. You cannot feel your way into the blood of Jesus Christ being effective for you. It's effective because God said, I want the, the, the blood is enough for the sin. It's enough for the debt that was owed. And so, so let me ask you, if you owed somebody some money, okay, and, and I came by and said, okay, I'm going to pay that for you. And, and um, well, here, it's this. And I gave him some money. And maybe it didn't seem right, or maybe I gave him a, a gold watch or something. The person you owed the money to has the right to say it is enough. And so God looks at the blood and says it is enough. Are you getting this? The blood is enough, and it is first and foremost for God. And remember, it has to be applied. And when you apply it, God sees it. Remember, he was coming to bring judgment on everyone in Egypt. The blood is what made the angel of the Lord pass over. Are you with me? All right, let's go to Hebrews. Secondly, it's Hebrews 10, 10, 19. Secondly, the blood is for man. Okay? The blood is for man. First and foremost, it's for God. And we're going to repeat this over and over and over. It's for God. It's, it's, say it in your mind like this. It's Godward. It's manward. It's Satanward. Say that with me. Godward, manward, Satanward. The blood is always working in those three areas all the time. Okay, Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence, everybody say confidence, to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Now remember, who is the only one that could get into that high place? It was the priest, but not anymore because the blood was enough for God. And you and I can get into there now, right now. That's where we're standing because of the legal access of the blood. Are you with me? By in the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way which he inaugurated us for us through the veil that is his flesh. Okay, Matthew 27, verse 50 and 51. We're not going to bring it up. I'm just going to tell you what it says. It says, then Jesus yielded up his spirit and the veil. So when Jesus died, okay, and he said, I'm done. It's finished. He died. You know what happened? The Bible says in verse 51 of Matthew 27, 51, it says, the veil was split in two. And you know what that means? That means that you and I can get into his presence now, all the time, and that it is because of that and what he did on the cross that you can get in there now, right now. You can't feel your way into God's presence, everybody, but you're there because of the legal access of the blood. It is enough for him. So, Inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So this is really important to understand theologically. Remember, and I love, I love using this example, and I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, we all put clothes on today, right? Every one of us did. And we put them on. Okay, can somebody tell me why you picked the outfit? Somebody's going to yell it out. Because you look good. Exactly, right? So what you believe about those clothes drove your decision. Understand when what you believe about the word of God and what you believe about the blood will drive your decisions. It's so important to get this right. It's so important to get this right. What you know, what you don't know about the word of God can cost you. 
So it's important theologically. Here we go. Let me, let me, let me reread verse 22. Let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. There's a lot of times, and you can ask my wife this, right? She'll give you all the details, probably ones you don't even want to know, right? There is a lot of times, okay, when I mess up and I'm just like all getting down on myself, right? I have to draw near with boldness. And let me just tell you, I have to stop and I have to say, Lord, it's not on my merit. It's not on anything that I've done, but I apply the blood and I confess that I'm right with you right now, right now that I'm right with you. And that's why we can stand in God's presence all the time. If you go a little bit down further in Hebrews, he says, we don't have a high priest who is not able to relate to our infirmities, so let us draw near with confidence, with boldness, and to the throne of grace to find help in a time of need. God wants to help you in your time of need, and let me tell you something, the blood gives you access to his presence to get that help when you need it, right when you need it, right when you need it. Okay, last section of verse 22, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So it's under, understand here. So we know, we know the word tells us that we're made of spirit and soul and body. And when you go look up the word heart, it's very synonymous with the word soul. So this is, this is important to understand. God said, I've given you a new heart. Right? He said, you've been made new in Christ. So the, uh, it's under, important to understand the blood isn't cleansing your heart because you've got a new one. And that's your position in Christ. That's done, right? You've got a new one. It's, what does it say? It says it cleanses, it sprinkles your conscience clean. So what happens right after you sin? You have a consciousness, an awareness of sin, right? Did you know the blood of Jesus is able to take away the guilt and the condemnation and your awareness of sin? What would that be like if you lived like that? If you didn't, you weren't even aware that you sinned. Let me tell you something. The only thing that can do that is the blood. The word of God says that it will sprinkle your heart's conscience clean. It's gone. The awareness of sin. Okay, go to 1 John 1. Go to 1 John 1, verse 9. This is where it's at, right? This is where it's going to get really good because this is where the practical application comes in. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, 1 John 1, 9. What does it say? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's break this one down because it will change your life. It will change your life. The word of God, when you, when you speak it out in faith, it will change your life. It will change your life. And did you know that what, we need to start believing, you know what I mean? We, we need to stand up here. We need to start believing when we're speaking out the word that people are just going to get healed, right? That things are just going to happen, that the spirit of God is just going to fall down, right? Why? We need to start believing for those things because the Bible says it's possible. And if it's possible, then, then let's do it. Let's pray for it, right? Let's believe for that, right? Hey, we may not be perfect at it the first couple rounds, but hey, at least we're going to act our faith towards it and walk at it and go after it, right? Right? Okay, 
If we confess our sins. So this is one of the most practical. I love God. I love him so much. He's so practical. Don't overcomplicate God's word. The Holy Spirit, he, the Bible says he is our great helper. He's the paraclete. He's here to show you. He's to come alongside you and give you revelation into the word. When you read the word, take it for what it is. Okay? So let's just take this scripture for exactly what it says. All right? If we confess, does it say, ask God to forgive you? Yes or no? No. It says, if we confess. So, let me just give you a practical example. Brother Sam here, okay? Let's just say I offend him in some way, right? I get it right with Sam, but I've still got a bigger problem, right? I've got a problem with God. I have sinned, right? So, the, how does the Bible tell you to get right with God? Remember, if you don't know this, you can't get it right. Okay, if you confess your sins, so let me, let me tell you what I would do. I have to do this about 100 times a day, unfortunately. I'm not perfect yet, still walking sanctification out. I say, Lord Jesus, I did it again. I confess that to you as sin. I confess to you X, Y, and Z. It was wrong. And you know what? On the basis of his word, I'm forgiven right then and there, and it's done. Do you know how many times you may have to do that in a day? Come on. Yeah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, because that's how it's done all the time. You may have to do that. Let me just say, you know what? Jesus gave the example. He said, how many times must I forgive somebody? The disciples said, when, when, when I come, he said, seven times? He said, no, 70 times seven. You may have to do that 100 times in one day. Do it. Because let me tell you something. What's the next part of the scripture? Oh, it says, he is faithful and he is just to cleanse you, right? Hold on a second. Understand, he is faithful and he is righteous. He's just. God, one of, one of the... The, the, the translation says he's faithful and he's just. God doesn't overlook sin. He never overlooks it. He refuses to overlook it. He's a just God, and there must be a payment for every sin. Do you know what that payment was? It was the blood. God answered it in the blood, and it is only because of that. Get a hold of this. Hold on a second here. It says he has forgiven us of sins and cleansed us from all unrighteousness. Do you know what that means? That means that it... Do you know what it means to be as just as you never sinned? You're cleansed. It's not there anymore. The effects of it are gone. You may be so wrapped up in pornography or adultery or whatever it is, and did you know what? You may close your eyes and all you see is filth, but the blood is the only thing that can take care of that. It's the only thing that can take care of that. It's the only thing that can scrub that filth out. You may be thinking, God, I am so twisted up inside, and I just want to be free. Well, let me tell you something. You approach him on the basis of his word and on the basis of the blood, you're going to see some really powerful things happen in your life. It's going to happen. I don't have to wish that into existence. It's the blood. It works every time, all the time, day and night. The Bible says that he is our high priest, always making intercession for us. He's always standing there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all of it. Justification. Come on, we need to take that. We need to take that. And the reality of that is, is, is that when he says it, it's done. It's done. It's done. 
Thank you. Okay, so let's go. Number three, right? <coughs> so we've got, let's, let's say it again. We're going to do it like four, five, six, seven more times. God word. Man word. Satan word, right? So where are we now? Satan word, right? So let's go to Revelations 12, verse 10 and 11. Revelations 12, 10 through 11. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority have Christ, of Christ have come. Did you know that God, when he comes, when he brings his kingdom, it comes with power and it comes with authority. And every lie and every devil and every, Jesus came to tear every one of them down. And he came to set every one of us free. And did you know that freedom, let me just tell you something. Because when you get the revelation of this and the light bulbs turn on, okay, you don't worry about how long the process takes because that's God's problem. He said, when, the apostle Paul said this. He said, I was the worst of the worst, yet when it so pleased God to reveal his son in me, then he met me on the road to Damascus. Paul did some of the worst things to the church that, uh, during the time. He was a murderer. All right, he murdered him, and he thought he was doing it all in the name of God. He thought he was doing God a favor. And what God could have stopped it any time he wanted. You know, God could have stopped it any time he wanted. But when he chose to, he revealed his son in Paul and changed Paul's life like that. So when you get a hold of this and you realize that the blood is always working on your behalf all the time, every second of every day, there's not one, you know, the blood is outside of time, and this is what I mean about it. You can break down time into seconds, milliseconds, millimilliseconds, okay? And you could say, well, if there's a space between there, see the blood, there's no space in the efficacy of the blood. It's always working. It's always effective. It's always standing in your defense, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ have come. Now watch this. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. Did you know that the devil, he's the accuser of the brethren. He is constantly accusing you in a courtroom. In that courtroom, there is God the just. Let's see what else happens here. I'm not going to give it all away in a second. All right. Verse 11. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. Wow. You see, go to, okay, now go to 1 John 2 verse 1. In God's world, okay, when God created the world, did you know he created, there's a legal system with God. There's a very big legal system with God. All right. He created laws. One of them keeps you in your seat every day. It keeps you from floating off the air. It's called the law of gravity. It works. And if you decided one day to test the law of gravity by just deciding you didn't want to believe in it, I feel bad for you. Right? So where there's laws, right, there's lawyers. Do you understand where I'm getting at here? There's lawyers, okay? The Bible says that there's an accuser of the brethren. First John, what does it say? It says, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate the Father through with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Advocate, it means lawyer. 
Jesus Christ is your lawyer. I want to paint this picture for you. Understand this, okay? Day and night and day and night, you are walking into a courtroom. And you walk into that courtroom, and there's the accuser of the brethren. And he's standing there on that side, and he's saying... He and she, they're a pornographer, they're, they're a murderer, they're an addict, um, they hate, they've thought all the worst things in the world, they've carried out some of the most awful, horrendous things, and you're standing there going, yeah, yeah, that's me, I did that, <coughs> excuse me, and the, and the accuser of the brethren's going down, and he's going down the list, and he's going down the list, and you're just feeling more heavy and more heavy and more heavy, but not so fast because the advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous, busts in the courtroom and goes, hey, no, I paid the debt. Don't you understand? I paid the debt. Yes, you ought to understand. You have to agree with the devil because he's right. But let me just tell you something. Somebody's more right. Somebody else paid your debt. You, don't, you can't come to God on any ground except through the blood. And when the enemy comes to you, do you want to know what scares the living daylights out of the devil? It's the blood. The Bible says in James, it says, it says uh, we overcome him by what? The blood. Submit yourselves therefore under God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He's not afraid of you. He's afraid of the legal access you have to the throne room of God that makes him go. He's got to go. Understand, come back, bring it full circle. Please stay with me on this. If you don't know it and you walk into that courtroom and he starts to go down the lines... You have to agree with him if you don't know that there's an advocate. If you don't know that the blood speaks a better word than what? The blood of Abel, right? It speaks a better word, meaning that it is enough. It's for God. It cleans my conscience. And when Satan comes to accuse me, he has to hit the road. There is no, no attack of the devil that can't be overcome through the blood. Not one. It is through his blood. Are you with me as why this is so important? Are you picking this up? If you, and now remember, remember, okay, he's, a, he's, he's an excellent lawyer. The devil's a real good lawyer. He understands, that he knows the word. He knows what's in there. He knows it way better than you do. So go back to that, that, go back to that little tax example I gave you. If you don't get in here, if you don't dig in and you don't start to resist the devil. Okay, see, here's the problem. A lot of us, we try to resist the devil on our own ground, right? We try to come to God and say, God, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't smoke any cigarettes this week. I feel pretty good about that. I must be able to get in God's presence today. Or I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get drunk this week. I feel pretty good about that. I didn't yell at so-and-so. Or, well, I, I, I stopped sleeping with my girlfriend. I feel pretty good about it. Let me just tell you something. The blood is the only thing that can not only wipe those things away, but it'll stand in your defense and say, you can be in God's presence. If you come to him on any, any other any other ground other than the shed blood of Christ, you, you're going to get turned away. You're going to get turned away. It is only through his blood. And when you approach him on the basis of his blood, you are there every time. Because remember what Hebrews said, you have access to the holy place. You have access to God. Ephesians 2.13 says, we have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. We've been made close. Right? You guys with me? All right. Hallelujah. Well, guys, that's all I have. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do, okay? 
We're going to pray, and I want to pray two specific things. One, we're going to, if you don't know God, I want to give you the opportunity to know God. And the way that you will know God is by exercising your faith in what he did on the cross for you. Yeah, if I could get the worship team to come up, thank you. If you exercise your faith based on what he did on the cross through the access we have now through his blood, the Bible says is that you will be saved. And I want to give you that opportunity. The second is, is I want to pray with you. If you want that revelation to flood inside your heart, because let me just tell you something. The day the light bulb went on for me, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting outside my parents' farmhouse. I was standing across the street at the little town hall. And I just remember thinking, wow, there is nothing that I can ever do that would ever separate me because the blood is enough every time. Come on, I, I am no different than any other person in this room. None, and I have all the same experiences, have all the same struggles, but when the light bulbs turn on, wow, the blood is enough. See, the blood, when you get this, when the revelational light floods into your heart, and we believe this, when the revelational light floods into your heart about the blood, specifically here, this is, this is the great starting point. If we don't get this right and we don't act our faith in this, and what, like, how many of you ever gotten irritated when someone's going to act your faith? You know, I got used to get really irritated now because I had no idea what it meant, right? Like, oh, what, the, what the heck am I, I don't know, play? What does that mean? I'm acting my faith, you know? But let me just tell you something. Let me, let me just explain, debunk this Christian term for you. When you read in the Word and it says, the blood is enough. The blood of Jesus Christ, when you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. When you do that and you say, okay, God, I'm not sure really how this works, but I'm just going to confess my sin because your word says it. And if I have to do it 150 times a day, I've done that 150 times. Yeah, follow me around someday. I think I'm weird. Okay? You know, you have, that's, that's acting your faith. That's putting your foot forward and saying, God, I may not feel it. I don't feel the effectiveness of the blood. But I, I say it a hundred times. When I, when I first got married, my wife, literally, she, she looked at me and goes, goes, why do you say that all the time? She goes, why do you say that all the time? And I said, what do you mean? I said, she said, you're always saying the blood of Jesus. Like, I said, the blood of Jesus over the kids. The blood of Jesus over you, sweetheart, as you go to work. Lord, I, I just, Lord, I just cover my home in the blood. Why? She said, why do you do that? Because when you apply the blood, okay, you cut off the legal access the enemy has to things. You cut it off. You cleanse it. You know, when you walk into church, let me just tell you something. When you walk into church, you say, Lord, I just cover this place in your blood right now. It doesn't matter where you're at with God. It, matters, no, it doesn't matter if you've been walking with God for 100 years or 100 minutes. The blood is just as effective for you as it is for me, as it is for Pastor Man. It is always working on your behalf, all the time, every time. So let me encourage you. When you go home tonight, and we're going to pray, and I want you to get this revelation. When you go home, when you leave this place, you do it at least once tonight. Because practice makes perfect. You go home and you say, the blood of Jesus. I apply the blood of Jesus over my bedroom. Oh, I apply the blood of Jesus over my car. And Lord, help me not to think that way anymore. Lord, I put that thought under the blood of Jesus. And let me just tell you, for those of you that want to go home and try how to, and, and get the filth scrubbed out of your mind, wherever it's coming in from, wherever it's coming in from, let me just tell you something. You grab, the Bible says to dig, take the anchor, throw it in behind the veil, and drop it down and say, that's right. And you make a stand and you say, I'm going to be here, devil. And there's nothing you can do about it because when you start to go down the road of getting your mind renewed, look out. The devil don't want you to do it. The, de the, the, the devil understands the danger of a Christian who has a renewed mind. He understands how dangerous that is. So... 
when, when, and let me just encourage you, okay, when you start to, you, you start to go down this path and you'll realize it'll actually seem like it's going to get worse because the devil's going to start pushing back. He's going to say, I don't want them getting free here. So he's going to push back and he's going to push back and he's going to put more things in your way and he's going to put more thoughts in your head. But you know what? Stand your ground because the Bible says he has to go. He has to go. So when you're tempted, when you're tempted to start thinking a certain way, you close your eyes and you see images, you say the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and you stick in the fight and you don't give up because it will change you. This is how it works. This is how sanctification works. Right. Okay, let's pray. So Lord Jesus, so if, if that's you and you want to and you want to know the Lord tonight, I want to give you that give you that opportunity. If you've never known him and you've you've never had that intimate relationship with him, I want to give you that opportunity right now. So if that's you, just raise your hand and I'll pray for you. All right, so just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I sin because I'm a sinner. Your word says, whoever believes on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, Father, I just ask that you would come into my life. Make me new. I commit to follow you. In your son's name. Thank you so much for listening to the Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.